Well, welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast. It is good to be with everybody here today. It is April 2023. Can you believe it? This year's going by so fast. Hey, got some good content for you today. Um, I want to talk to you today on the podcast about, let's just call it uh, getting unstuck. We could call it that. We could also call it repentance or uh, getting out of your sin. Now, I know not everyone listening to this podcast is a Christian, uh, but I am a pastor, and I want to talk today about sin, getting out of sin, uh, figuring out how to get over sin, out of the clutches or the grip of sin. So many people today find it very, very difficult to work their way out of selfishness, greed, materialism, lust, anxiety, anger, gossip, slander. So many people, they know things that they're doing are wrong, but they can't figure out a way to get out of it. Maybe you find yourself there today at some level. All of us have different different sins that we struggle with. I have my own sin that I struggle with. And so this is something that's uh, constantly on my mind personally, and I'm trying to help other people work through this as well. I was actually asked to give a talk to a group of pastors two weeks ago, and this was the topic that I chose, helping people to get unstuck through through repentance. Um, the, word, the word repentance actually gets a bad rap. Uh, I know at least when I was growing up, the only time I saw the word was, you know, on a sign, somebody standing on the street corner with a sign that said, repent, you know, the end is coming or repent or, you know, you're going to burn in hell or something like that. And the word to me, repent, it usually had a negative connotation or, or a fearful con- con- connotation. Um, maybe, I don't know if that's been your experience or not. Uh, maybe you grew up in a church where, you know, the pastor yelled the word or he told told you to repent, you know, you're going to die or something like that. I'm not sure, but it tends to have a negative, negative connotation. And that's very, very unfortunate because the word repent simply, the Greek word is metanoia, and it simply means to do a 180, means to turn around. Uh, and and that's literally what the word means. And and I think that if we could truly understand the gospel and what Jesus offers us, I think we could. And what and what repentance really is, I think many of us can can get unstuck and move out of the particular sin that we're struggling with, whether that is uh, pornography, a porn addiction, or constant anger. Just a, a just a, an anger that plagues your life every day, uh, or incessantly buying things because you think that you know buying things are going to make you happy. Whatever whatever the sin is that you struggle with. Um, so let's talk about the gospel. What is the gospel? A lot of people think the gospel is uh, you know Jesus came to this earth to die on the cross. He rose again three days later. We're celebrating that this month. It's Easter. And if you believe in him and say that, say a prayer that you'll have your sins forgiven and you'll go to heaven when you die. Now, certainly that is a, a big part of what the gospel message is, that Jesus came to provide forgiveness for our sins so that we could go to heaven when we die. But uh, unfortunately, that is not the complete story. <laughs> that, is, that isn't even what Jesus said when he started to preach. If you'd like to know what Jesus said when he started to preach, I'll just read it to you. 
um, right after he started. Well, well, the first thing he said in his first sermon was was pretty simple. He said these words in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, that does not sound like, hey, guys, I've come to this earth to die on a cross, rise three days later, place your faith in me so you can come to heaven when you die. That doesn't sound like that. So what what does this mean? Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus would use that word kingdom a lot, and we have to understand it if we if we want to try to understand the statement that Jesus makes kingdom. Well, kingdom is essentially, um, you know, uh, is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a space that's ruled by a king. <laughs> I mean, that's what kingdom is. It, it implies that someone is in charge, ultimate authority. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is near, meaning that it's close, meaning that you can have it, you can take hold of it, it's right next to you, you can grab it, just like we grab the remote control when we're trying to change a channel, or we grab a drink that's on the table, it's right there, it's at hand. Jesus says the kingdom, the place where I'm in charge, the place where I have rule and say over everything, the place where I dwell and reign is available to you, but you have to, you have to repent to get into it. You have to turn to get into it. My understanding of the gospel, uh, and specifically this passage of scripture that Jesus was talking about, really came from Dallas Willard's book, The Divine Conspiracy. I, gosh, I read this book like 15 years ago. Such a great book. If you, if you want to dive deeper, it's called The Divine Conspiracy by Dallas Willard, Rediscovering Our Hidden Life in God. He explains this passage wonderfully. Uh, he says he grew up in southern Missouri many, many years ago where the town he lived in did not have electricity. So this is way back, okay? And then, this is what he writes in the book. He says, then the REA, the Rural Electrification Administration, extended lines into their area. This is what he says. When those lines came to our farm, a very different way of life presented itself. Our relationships to fundamental aspects of life, daylight and dark, hot and cold, clean and dirty, work and leisure, preparing food and preserving it, could be vastly changed for the better because of the electricity. He goes on to say this, the power that could make their lives, our lives, far better was right near us where, by making relatively few simple arrangements, we could utilize it. Strangely, a few people did not accept it. They did not, quote, enter the kingdom of electricity. I read that about 15 years ago, and basically my whole understanding of the gospel changed. What does Jesus mean when he says, Repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. Here's, here's what he means. He means that an entirely new way of life is available. A whole new way of doing finances, marriage, parenting, handling stress, dealing with people who cross you, betray you, hurt you, wound you. 
dealing with pressure, a whole new way to live now, not just after you die and go to heaven, that, that's part of the gospel. Don't get me wrong. We need to have our sins forgiven so that when we die, we can spend eternity in heaven. But right now, what is the offer on the table? Well, that is a whole new way to live under the rule and reign of God. Jesus says the way that we enter into that is through repentance. What is repentance? It's turning. Jesus says, repent of your sins and turn. Turn to what? Turn to God. Turn into God's kingdom. What are we turning away from? Well, our own kingdom, Danny Anderson's little kingdom, where he's in charge, calling the shots, doing what he wants to do, waking up every day saying, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. This is when I want to do it. It's you turning away from your kingdom, your desires, your appetites, your wishes, your hopes, your dreams. See, that's what we have. We all have our little kingdom or our little queendom that we live in. And we think we're little gods and goddesses. And we're not. But we're trying to be. And we run our lives, and this is how we get caught up in sin. Anger, anxiety, lust, materialism, greed, whatever. Gossip, slander. We're in charge. We call the shots. We do what we want to do, how we want to do it, when we want to do it. Jesus says, if you want to enter into a whole new way of living, you have to turn from your own little kingdom and queendom. You have to repent of it, turn out of it, and turn into a brand new way of living, where God is in charge. We do things His way. And that's how we get unstuck. That's how we walk out of or step out of the sin that we're trapped in. So let me give you three ideas here about repentance that I believe will stick with you. These are memorable ideas. Three, three words. The first one is doorway. The second one is pathway. And the third one is joy. Let's talk about the first one, doorway. Repentance is literally a doorway. It's walking from one room through a door into another room, walking away from your old life into a completely different room. So just picture a door, a threshold, you're opening it up, this is repentance, and you're walking through that door into another space. What space? You're talking, we're talking about the space where God is in charge, his way is the best way, and we're going to do everything he says. That's repentance. I'm entering a whole new space. Dallas Willard says, repentance is rethinking our lives in light of the availability of another kind of life. There's another space we can live in. We walk through that door. Psalm 119 verse 59 says it like this, I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. That's what repentance is. We think through, hey, how, how's my life going? Am I happy? Am I joyful? Do, is my conscience clean? You know, do, do, am I living in guilt or shame? Are there things I'm constantly doing I know are wrong and my conscience is condemning me? Man, this isn't good. This isn't good. This, is, this behavior is hurting my relationships, this alcoholism, this gambling problem that I have. I'm, uh, I, it's causing, I ponder the direction of my life. It's not going well. I'm in charge. I'm the boss. I'm screwing it up. And I'm, I got to change. I'm turning to follow God's rules, God's laws, God's kingdom. And we leave behind that old life. This is baptism, by the way, if you want to know why churches baptize people, why we baptize people. We baptize people as a symbol of dying to the old life. When you go under the water, you're saying, I'm not in charge anymore. That old me, that's dead. It's being plunged. It's being buried with Christ symbolically. 
Just as Christ died and was buried, I'm dying and I'm going to be buried, and I'm, I'm rising again to a brand new life. I'm turning into the kingdom of God. I am a brand new person. This is why I encourage people to get baptized. If they, seri- if they mean it, if their intention is to follow Christ, baptism is a picture of repentance. It's a doorway. We step through it. Maybe you've never done that before. You need to do it. If you want to live the life that God has planned for you, if you want to experience joy and peace and abundant living, you have you must repent of your sins and enter into the kingdom of God. That's, that's where God is. That's the place where he's dwelling and living. Doorway, number one, that's the first word. Second word is pathway. Pathway. I wish repentance were a one-time thing <laughs> where you could walk through the door into another space and everything's fine. And all of a sudden you don't deal with lust or anger or you know, greed or selfishness or whatever. I wish that it was a one-time act. And it is a one-time act in the sense that you have to move from room to room. But then once you do that, you get baptized, you repent or whatever, you you come quickly to the point where you realize, man, that old life that I want to walk away from does not die easily. There are patterns of sin in my life that have been developed over five years, a decade, 15 years, 20 years. They die hard. Patterns of selfishness, patterns of greed, patterns of fear, patterns of anger. You've been in that cycle for so long, even though you've repented and you've walked through the door, you, you quickly discover that there's layers of sin that, that lie under the surface. And so repentance is not just a doorway, it's a pathway you walk on every day. Listen to Psalm, 1, Psalm 19, verse 12. King David wrote this, How can I know all of the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Wow. I mean, do you know all the sin? that David didn't even know all the sin that was lurking under the surface. He's like, there's sin in me I don't even know about. Like, there's, there's stuff down deep in me. I, I haven't even discovered that yet. And, that's, and that, thankfully, God doesn't show us all of our sin at the same time. Can you imagine if, he, if God revealed all of your sin to you down to the core of your being all at the same time? I think you would die. <laughs> I know I would. I'd be so horrified at what, at what he showed me. I would just I'd probably pass out and die. So what does he do? He slowly, layer by layer, reveals sin to us. And then we repent of one layer, and then he reveals the next layer. Or he reveals a different type, a whole category of sin. Some of us have repented of maybe uh, lust or, or some type of sexual perversion, only to discover after we've mastered that, that, that there's a whole nother section of anger that's been there that we weren't even aware of. And he starts to, the Holy Spirit starts to put his finger on that anger. And then once the anger is repented of, then he starts to put his finger on anxiety and fear and a lack of faith. And you're like, man, I didn't even know that was an issue. And so repentance happens to be this pathway that we walk on for the rest of our lives. Great preacher, the great preacher Charles Spurgeon, he was, he was referred to as the prince of preachers. He said this one time, sincere repentance is continual. Believers repent until their dying day. Wow. It's a pathway. It's not just a doorway. It's not something we do one time. It's something we do every single day because sin does sin dies hard. In fact, Peter said that the the flesh wars against our soul. 
There's a battle going on inside of us, the spirit versus the flesh. That's why I love the prayer in Psalm 119. I'm sorry, Psalm 139. The last, path, the last couple of verses of Psalm 139 say this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I think that's not a one-time prayer. I think that's a daily prayer where we come to God and say, God, I'm here. Search my heart. You know me. Get down, to the, get down into the deeper layers. Reveal in me anything that's offensive to you and help me to turn from it every single day. This is how we break free. This is how we break free of greed and lust and anger and fear and anxiety, hate. We take the pathway of repentance, not just the doorway. And then number three, the third word. We talked about doorways talked about the doorway, the pathway. This third word is joy. I don't think we realize that true joy is available for the person who truly repents. Psalm 32 verse 1 says this, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Wow. Joy. Joy comes to those who turn from their sin. Why? Because you have this, this feeling of being totally cleansed. All the things that you've done have been washed away. You get a brand new start. The guilt is gone. The shame is gone. I don't know about you, but shame, mm, it's a powerful force in people's lives. It keeps a lot of people down. Shame keeps a lot of people discouraged, hiding. But when you truly repent and you talk to God about it and you get it all out in the open, that shame is lifted. It's a powerful, powerful sensation. Intimacy with God is restored. You get to sense his closeness. You know he's near to you. Why? Because you've just come clean and said, Lord, this is what I've done. This is what I'm turning away from it. Turning, I'm turning to you. There's a there's a verse of scripture. I can't think of the actual reference off the top of my head. I think it's Psalm 51, verse 17. It says that God will not reject a broken heart. That that is what his heart is drawn to. His heart is drawn to a man or a woman who has repented. It's almost like he can't resist it. He sees a person who, who is, is truly sorry for what they've done. <clears throat> they've turned away from it, and they don't want to live that way anymore, and they want to step into a whole new type of living, uh, a life of, of, of righteousness and, and peace. And God's like, man, we've got to go to this. We've got to get this get with this girl, get with this guy. This person means business. And there's joy. There's joy there in the presence of God. So what have I said today? Well, we're talking about repentance. Repentance is the simple idea of doing a 180. It's turning around, turning away from living in your own kingdom and turning into the kingdom of God, where God's way is the way that you take. 
God's plan is the plan that you follow. God's rules are the rules that you abide by. And you live under his rule and under his reign. When a person's doing that, it, it, it becomes not an impossible, but almost impossible to walk in filth, to walk in unrighteousness, to walk in lies or anger or hate or lust. It's just that you can't go in two, you can't go in two different directions at the same time. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And the next verse says this, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's, that's, that's what ends up happening in your life. God, when you repent, when you live the pathway of repentance, he leads you in paths of truth, in paths of righteousness, in paths of purity. And that's how you step out of sin. That's how you get unstuck. So my question to you today is a tough one. What do you need to repent of? What sin has been plaguing you? What has conquered your life? Where are you stuck? It's time for you to turn from that. Turn away from your kingdom, calling the own shots, being your own boss, and surrendering to God, turning it to his kingdom. Think about that, pray about that, and then you decide. Hey, I hope this was a blessing to you guys today, a little bit challenging. Uh, I just wanted to share what was on my heart today. Um, if you'd like to catch up with me as we wrap up, you can always do that through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also go to my website, dannyanderson.net, and reach out to me there. If you don't have a home church, man, we'd love for you to visit one of our locations. You can get on our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations there. Uh, we'd love for you to be our guest, especially uh, around this time of the year for Easter. Uh, hey, if this podcast has brought you value, it's been encouraging. Uh, I just want to ask you to share it, like it, tag it, do all that fun stuff. And uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you next month.